More from the 20th anniversary gathering of Take Control Authors. This is Mac Voices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two of our show with Take Control authors on their 20th anniversary reunion. It's a whole lot of fun. A lot of great stories are told, but also there's a lot of perspective in how ebooks changed everything. Let's go back and let this distinguished panel do the talking. Yeah, and I, Adam, I said something about the sausage earlier, and one of the first things, my, my first print book was around 2001, and it was the process, you write three or four chapters, and you're sending them to the publisher, and then you're on chapter five, and they send back chapter one in developmental edit, so you work on that, then you get to chapter seven, <laughs> then you get chapter two in developmental edit, and chapter one in copy edit, and you couldn't keep track of all of that, and for a big book, it was really hard, and so the idea of write the whole thing, send it to Tanya, she gets back to you, doing it all at once instead of chopping it up like that made it so much easier to keep it in my head as I was working. Yeah, and I have to, I have to agree about the uh, editing to layout because you would get everything approved and, and to your satisfaction, to your editor's satisfaction, and you think more or less you're done except for, ed, for layout. But then the, the layout person, like you said, is frequently done by someone who doesn't understand the book uh, and make changes for layout purposes. And I can't tell you the number of times, of course, then you have to go over it. Because you can't assume that just because it was perfect for when you sent it back, that it's still that way. And so you have to carefully go over the, the layout version. And then I, I was gonna say, I can't tell you the number of times that I discovered changes that were not only not what I would have made, but changed 180 degrees, the intent of what <laughs> I was trying to say. Uh, yeah. and, and so I yeah. said, no, oh, that's not what I meant. I meant the opposite, you know, I have to change it back. <laughs> And I'm dealing with a company where they have layouts and they're supposed to do the layout before it goes to me. But the last two books have been like, well, we haven't had time to do that. So we'll do the formatting later, except it's such a mess that um, I think you need a bolted list here. So I'm sitting here and I'm spending a good day formatting. I'm formatting uh. it before it's going to be laid out anyway, guessing that like the author is like, well, I think you have a step procedure here, so I'll create one. I'll leave you a note rather than I want to see it all laid out. I want to see, so that the layout person has made those decisions. I'm like, why am I? Why am I? Why am I? Yeah. Yeah. But you're taking me back <laughs> to the memories of like 2001. I was working for a company where the technical writers were sending me a package with the paper document. And I went, no. <laughs> No, you can do track changes in words and we're all, and you're going to trust the, the editors to do it. And then we will send you the document back in word with track changes. Not to teach them how to use track changes, mm -hmm. but then they realized how much faster it went. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. yeah. So yeah. So who remembers? Incredible. Who? I got a second. Who? I think that Jeff Carlson was going oh. to say something a while back. <laughs> about what uh, grabbed his attention about uh, the, the different process when he did his first book. See, as a writer, I'm like, I can't jump in. I can't jump in. Uh, <laughs> so, so one of the things that, that I wanted to build on, especially what Matt was saying, in, so I also have come from the, the traditional print bo uh, book world. I've published a whole bunch of books. And in addition to the, the royalty factor, which was great, um, everything that we've said so far about uh, track changes and having, you know, working in, in edits and all of that, 
one of the things that made a huge difference to me is that as soon as that book was released, you started to know exactly how it was doing because, oh, yeah. because when a sale is made, you get an email indicating that, that there's a sale in the book world. You're not going to know if your book has been selling for three months, six months, maybe your editor will have that information. Uh, you know, you won't get any, any, you know, royalties from it if it earns out. So take control books don't have to earn out because there's, there's no advance as Kirk said. And there's just this, like with the print books, you're always playing this long game is the thing that I'm doing now going to pay off next year. And with take control books, uh, you know, call me a little monkey that has to keep hitting a lever, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, right away if it's working and you know, right away, like, is this a book that is successful? Is this a book that, that looks like we're going to be doing another edition? Or if you write a book about say, I don't know, Lightroom CC to an audience of uh, people who don't really use Lightroom, you know pretty quickly that this is not going to have any legs and we're not going to do anything more from it. So there's definitely that, that, that challenge of, uh, you know, front loading all the work and getting all that done and then releasing it and hoping, but, and then the last thing I want to mention here is that I think uh, Adam and Tanya and Joe have done a really good job of nurturing the audience and, getting people who, you know, who want this sort of, of, of book. Um, that also, and, you know, I think a lot of readers are better about, um, you know, communicating feedback um, and it, surprisingly not, you know, real negative feedback, but just, you know, Hey, here's the thing uh, that you may not have considered, or, you know, the, I have another question about this or et cetera. And so, Having that versus just, hey, there's a book. We're going to go put it on the shelf at Barnes & Noble and see how it does. You know, it's 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 yeah. really a foundational change in publishing that I don't think most people really appreciate. And the only yeah, one of the things that, the that's one thing that's really thing. interesting was with the having the we, we tried from the very beginning to use a, a, a kind of a, a slightly nasty marketing term to own the customer. I mean, the book <laughs> publishers had no sense of who their customers were, and they didn't really talk to them or hear from them or hear what they wanted or, or get any feedback about anything. And so by maintaining the, the, the you know, TC announce, the take control announce list, and building that with as, much, as many people as we could, you ordered a book, you were on it. Um, that's why you know, Joe and I were talking earlier, you know, like people have, there's people who have, or who have bought over a hundred books from take control. You're like, what publisher can possibly say that otherwise? No, and I've noticed that there are a lot of people who buy the books who then buy additional copies for friends. I've mm -hmm. seen the same name popping up in those emails over and over again. I had one, there is one purchaser of the book who bought nine copies. Uh, and you know, he's, I can't remember his name, but he was my favorite person for a good long time. <laughs> this is astonishing because so many commercial publishers want to put DRM on their books. You cannot copy it. If you buy an ebook, you can't give it to anyone else. Take control books have never been copy protected. So that guy who bought the nine books, 
didn't have to. He wanted right. to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, it's important that w when you have a take control book, you need one for every room of your house. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're electronic. So, you know. Exactly. So, one Josh, you, you one for your Kindle, one for your TV, you know. Exactly. Josh, you came in later than most everyone else here, I think. Um, what, yeah, what, what, was, what was the thing that, that you know, when you, because you, you didn't have book publishing experience before this, I don't think. What, what was it that, you know, you were most intrigued by when you got into it? What did mm. not scare you away? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's sort of interesting uh, because I think, didn't we stream Take Control of Apple TV originally, or am I misremembering that? I seem to remember we published that in installments in tidbits. We did that with sure several books. Yeah, I mean, and then of course that was the book that Joe tweeted, the entire book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Take control of your paperless office. Ah, yes. we, shredded, right. we, um, we shredded it into Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See how that turned out. Is, is anyone going to mention that there were actually print books? And, and I'm not talking about print on demand, but the two or three Peach Put books that compiled some of the early Take Control titles? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we were talking about that the other yeah. day. Yep. Look at him. There's Deer Guy. Hey, look at that. Yep. Look at yes. the inks both going I for it. I think I have a t Take Control book in my files. I think I do. Yeah. Oh, wait, time's got the tiger one. Yeah, I so assume we, you showed the panther one. Yes, I did. So we, so we were pretty good friends with Peach Pit Press um, at the time, and they were really intrigued with what we were doing. And you know, they they basically wanted more titles, and so we you know we talked to them about doing you know combining some of the books into print books. Yeah. Um, you know, so this take control of Panther, um, you know, was the first four books. Uh, you know, upgrading, customizing, Matt's customizing, Kirk's users and accounts, and Glenn's sharing files. Um, even did okay. two real world books. I mean, Adam, it's, can you it's open the control oh, sorry, book, but we rebundled it. Yeah. Uh, and why don't you open those print books? I want to see if the uh, it, it was the internal design of the book the same as the take control. Oh, or no. did that be relayed no. out? No, this guy Jeff Tolbert, our Garage Band author, he laid them all out for us. This was this one was gorgeous. I mean, he did a really nice job. Um, a lot of color. Um, we because each each book had its own color in this one. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, but they you know, uh, it was interesting though because these were books that were huge hits with our audience at five dollars a piece. Um, you know that was what our, our first price was. I mean. I was looking back and I think at our first anniversary, I think we said we sold 24,000 books in the first year. Um, and, um, and yet the print books never did well. Mm. That, that the, the, the secret sauce wasn't any one thing. It was the whole package. And so, you know, even, even the content, which was fabulous, wasn't sufficient to, you know, if you, we, we turned it into a peach pit book, just didn't, didn't, didn't catch on in the same way. Well, and uh, also part I, of that is, is remembering correctly, based but... on. Sorry, <laughs> part of that is being based on the fact that that just getting the book to a buyer, there's like four different levels because you have like a regional salesperson and then you've got like <laughs> another salesperson and you know th and, this is your account rep at Barnes and Noble and you know and Carla uh, from Borders, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly, and and all competing for very limited shelf space. Whereas the take control book, it's like hey. 
wonderful audience that we've you know interacted with before. We've got a new thing about this this topic that we think you're going to like. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. And especially at $5 or $10, they were like, yes, of course, I need this. You don't have to get up and go to a bookstore, which is more resistance than some people have when they need to take your pajamas off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Am Am I misremembering or did Take Control sell more books in the first month than you expected in the first year or something like that? So oh, yeah. we were, yeah, we were telling the story. <laughs> we, we were telling the story the other day. Yeah, there, it was it was basically we sold we sold more. We we I'd set up this sort of special deal with Kagi so we could use a, a dedicated merchant account through their front end. Again, this was well before there were really you know systems for doing online sales in quite the same way. And um, and uh, we actually we when you set up a merchant account, you have to tell them how much money you think you're going to make in the first year because you could be returns for six months. And um, and I like I, I guessed at five thousand dollars. You know, like well, I don't know. <laughs> this is this is a complete hey, let's put on a show kind of scenario, right? We had no we had no business plan exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, we went over that in the first twenty four hours. Yeah. So yeah. it was yeah yeah it was it was interesting. But you know, I mean, again, what Jeff was saying, it wasn't even. I mean, you get those email messages coming in for every order. And and Tanya and I developed this finely honed sense of of velocity of email messages because it was it was true for like anything. We'd send out email to TC announce and we'd watch, you know, like start watching the messages come back in from the orders and go like, oh boy, we got a live one, you know, or like Yeah, and oh, the first that was the first 30 to 45 minutes were basically predictive of the success of the entire book. Which was yeah, crazy. <laughs> it was really true though. Wow. Yeah. Well, and also, as you just briefly touched on, no returns. A lot of people. Well, I mean, there were returns. I mean, we yeah. would honor a return, but there just weren't very many. We yeah. might have had like ten a year. <laughs> but you're right. It's not, uh, Jeff. I'm. I'm. But you're referring to the way the bookstores would get, you know, like five hundred books, and then they would yes. sell twenty of them, and then they would return four hundred and eighty of them with the covers ripped off because right. that's useful. And- yeah. And then they get credit for that. And then the author is like, oh, you know what? We thought we sold 500 books, but you actually sold 20. And six <laughs> <Yes>. months, six <laughs> months after you're like, I thought this was a good title. And the publisher is like, yeah, that's actually not bad. You know, you're just like, oh. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I, my first book came out in 1995. And when I was, I was doing a lot of traveling back then. And so I, I, whenever I got to a new city, I'd go to a bunch of bookstores and say if they wanted me to sign them, because once you sign a book, it's considered marked up and they can't return it. Uh, so that was a, like a little benefit to it, but it's also an ego stroke to, to, to keep on signing books. And I think that I visited probably a hundred bookstores and only one of them did I see my book fronted with more than three copies. In every other yeah. bookstore, if I saw one or two copies on the shelf, that was it. And great to sell the one copy, but then no one browsing that section is going to see it again, unless they reorder it. You know, with electronic books, it's out the door and you know, there's no worry about inventory uh, uh, messing up the sales. Yeah. I had a book signing and zero people came. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm oh. sure we could tell lots of book signing tales. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a book signing with one person and I thought that was bad. But you got it. 
I had a book signing. It is. So, so, so Glenn Fleischman and I, we wrote a thousand page book on Adobe Go Live. And Michael, I know you're really pushing to try to, you know, get that pages book up to that level, but don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I went to the, the, the How Design Conference. I, I, I was a speaker there one year. And, uh, after my session, they had me sit down where there was going to be, you know, a little book signing area. So I'm, I'm here at a table and I've got my, my real world Adobe go live. And of course, you know, like it's a thousand page book and I had brought like 10 of them or something. And then next to me, and I can't remember who it was, but there was like world famous designer guy who had also just finished a session and Probably Bertman Roy. No, no, no. Like bigger than oh. that. Like, 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 oh. like not computer design, but like design oh. design. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like legend. And so like, I'm here, he's there. And the room they had is, is you know, one, one of these big uh, hotel conference rooms. And there's a line just goes all the way out the door <laughs> and around <laughs> for him. And I'm just sitting here like, and the looks of pity on all these people patiently waiting. <laughs> they look over at me and they're like, so what are you doing? I was like, oh, I, I wrote a book on Go Live. Oh, was That's it fun? Nice, yeah, it was great. <laughs> okay. And that was it. Yeah. So um, have we done any, did we ever do any like, like signings or meets at Macworld for Take Control? Was there any? any like like in-person oh, kind of thing you, you know you we know all did talks. one one year uh i had we had um i can't remember what the book was but this i, I remember going to the smile booth back when smile was still smile mm -hmm. and um and and jean was there and she she wanted an autograph of one of my ebooks so i'm like all right give me your ipad I will superimpose my signature on the PDF <laughs> on your iPad. There you go. <laughs> um, we did a bunch of sessions, but but uh, yeah, a book signing was never really the kind of the thing. And I think part of it was that we all had those stories of like you know almost no one coming to a book signing. Um, I mean, I I actually did have once in my life the the book signing like you dream of, which was at a Macworld Expo in Boston. I think it was Power Computing bought my Internet Starter Kit for Macintosh book. They bought like four hundred yeah. copies and gave them away. Um, and so yeah, I had the line because it was free. Like who's not going to take the free book that can get signed by the author? So, right. Well, and also didn't it come with like five hundred dollars for the software? Well, there was that too. It was <laughs> a good deal. <laughs> and it was Macworld Expo. Macworld Expo had like a great audience for all these things. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I did book signs at Macworld Expo and they went pretty well, but but the the publisher Peach Pit was uh occasionally pressure, pressuring me to want to do book signs at bookstores like Barnes and Noble and Borders. And I always refused because I'd I'd go into the store and I'd see my two copies of the book if I were lucky, and I'd come back in a few days and the two copies would still be there. And I'm thinking, if I hold a book signing, who's going to show up? I mean, the two yeah. copies aren't selling. Why am I going to get more than two people to show up for a book signing? And so I just never, I never agreed to do it. And from the sound of things I'm listening to here, it's probably like <laughs> this. Didn't miss much. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. So for a while, the book that Adam wrote, the Internet Starter Kit, it was what, the fifth most, it was the fifth internet book, but it was 
an enormous bestseller. And he'd go to Barnes and Noble and get, I don't know, like five people would show up, right? So clearly this whole book signing thing was not for technology books. Have any of you ever worked in a bookstore? I did for three years in the early 90s in France. And it gave me a real interesting point of view of everything about how the bookstore buys the books, what they return, how how signings work and all that. Um, And if you don't if you don't have that experience, you don't understand how difficult it is for the booksellers and for them to get customers in. Um, I I worked with this bookstore at a, a couple of like like festival type things and like we would handle books for one publisher and there would be famous authors who would be sitting there and getting two people coming to visit. And this is a festival that had 20, 30,000 people over a weekend. Um, so it's not just computer books, you know, this is yeah. fiction and nonfiction and all of that. But working in a bookstore can be really enlightening to understand more about how the sausage is made after it comes out of the factory before it gets to the market. <laughs> well, there's also one of the psychological space that a bookstore gives you that Bookstores are a bit too much like libraries where we're all trained to be quiet. <laughs> people don't like to have loud conversations in a bookstore because people who are browsing saying, Shh, I'm trying to check this book out. It's, it's less that than the fact that the bookstore is trying to hedge its bets and well, not that. get too many of one book that's not going to sell because space is important. Mm-hmm. Whereas online, space doesn't matter. You have all the space you want. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, I mean, I mean, we love bookstores, but it was pretty clear by, you know, a lot of the book signings I did, Ted, were actually not because I expected people were going to come, but because it was relationship building with one of the buyers in the hierarchy that Jeff was mentioning. And so, you know, you were, you were making, everyone was getting, you know, everyone was being happy with the networking that was going on, even if you didn't actually sell very many books. But I think that was a little bit of, again, what we were trying to avoid by going purely direct to the reader. Yeah, we wanted to talk to the readers and we want and we knew there was sort of no way to do it physically um, because if nothing else, I mean, no book can. I mean, like, again, all these books, book signing stories we're telling, um, you know, the, the, the audience for any given book is widely dispersed and online is the one way you can bring those together. And well, so, and, you know. And, and, and don't forget and I don't think anyone's mentioned up to now that all this time tidbits was going gangbusters yeah. and very often there was bleed into tidbits. So, you know, I would take, you know, a few pieces from some book, distill it down to a tidbits article. And, and now we had the same material appearing yeah. to the other captive audience, which already existed before take control was, you know, a gleam in anybody's eye. And so yeah. there was a there was a synergy between take control and tidbits, without which I think uh, the take control books probably would never have gone anywhere to start with. Absolutely. Another one of those and puzzle several pieces. Several of us wrote for Macworld and had excerpts in Macworld, but I don't think those Macworld excerpts ever drove sales very much, did they? So a few of them early on did. Um, so, I mean, as I'm sure Joe has done too, you know, you like you get all these ideas you can do for marketing and you try them. And sometimes they, sometimes even they work pretty well um, and you keep doing them and then they work less and less well. You know, like I, I ne- like, never found like the thing other than, having your own mailing list and sending email to your mailing list and doing a sale a couple of times a year, things like that, that have really, really hit. 
Um, so yeah, so we, we used to do some excerpts in other places and whatnot. And you know, some of them were great, some of them weren't. I mean, one of the things that I actually, that kind of thing actually, um, when the iBookstore, now called Apple Books, when the iBookstore opened, was right around the time that Take Control of iCloud came out. And that was a, it was one of our, you know, it was early, uh, you know, one of our best-selling books at the time. And we put it in, in the iBook store and it sold like hotcakes. It was great for what, Joe, remember a month or two, three yeah, months? Yeah, very, very brief. Yeah. And then someone, this was like the, 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 the race to the bottom. Someone published a 99 cent, you know, everything you want to know about iCloud that was, I don't know, 36 pages long. Um, half of it was, was incorrect and our sales fell to the floor, yep. you know, couldn't compete. The thing that Take so. Control has done well is it's established a web presence. It has an identity, a place that people can go and they're not competing with anybody else's books at takecontrol.com, but there's a ton of stuff to see. Yeah. Amazon was another one of those big things. Can we get the books in Amazon? Well, we, we did. And you know what? Never made much difference because you're competing with everything. <laughs> it's just not fair. Like, you know, being in a, being in a, in, along with other people online is not a help. Um, you know, it might, if you're in the, you know, you're a florist and you're in the flower district in New York, because that's where all the florists are, but it's not true in the online world. Well, and how many publish, how many publishers have loyal people who are loyal to the publisher? Like when's the last time you bought a book because it was a random house book? I can think of a handful of niche publishers where people are loyal to them, but it's a very rare thing. In genre fiction, like Tor or um, Harlequin romances, that there is a loyalty there, but it's not. No one cares about the publisher for anything else. Yeah. Well, yeah. One the thing that I can think of in in the tech world would be like like the missing manuals or the the um you know, the, the, the the visual quick start guides where well I think the not... O'Reilly I think the O'Reilly books I mean I think a lot of people yeah. bought my books from O'Reilly because they were O'Reilly books yeah at the yeah. time yeah but, with the right animal but a lot of, <laughs> exactly but a lot of those were also like uh uh devotion to the series not necessarily the publisher yeah. and and what I always liked about take control and I think is still very much the case is you knew who was behind it. Like if you were buying something from take control, you got something from Adam or Tanya and, or, you know, you, you get stuff from Joe and it's not, you know, well, we as the faceless take control company are happy to present to you a book. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's personal and it feels like, what I think a lot of us strive to do with, with in our writing and stuff is like, this is your buddy who is giving you some information that happens to be in an ebook form. And I know Joe knows a whole lot about this topic and a bunch of other topics. And the things that I bought from Joe have been good and they haven't steered me wrong. So yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I, I'm going to get this or, you know, I met Adam and Tanya at Macworld once and they told me about this and I thought it was a great idea. And I know that their expertise has touched every one of these books. And I think that makes a difference for readers. Yeah, well, I, one I thing think, that- I think it makes a difference for quality control assumptions too, that, that 
you know, <laughs> 99 cent books that Adam talked about aside, if I say I wanted to buy a book on iCloud or some topic, and I went and discovered that there are 20 books on the subject, most of which I'd never heard of, and how do I decide which one I want to spend my money on? I could spend a day, you know, reading through excerpts of the books, trying to figure it out. But if I go to take control, I, there's just a built-in assumption these books are good. These books are probably, th this book is probably the best book on the subject that I'm likely to find. Uh, and so I can just buy it safely, no, without having to spend a lot of time researching. So it's a, it works very well. That, that, that's what I want to say is that I, I feel like the new guy, or one of the new guys here, because my book came out in 2018. So I was new to take control as of five years ago, uh, but I can't remember how long I've been reading them. And um, I'm consistently blown away, especially by the people, those of you out there who have written five, six, a dozen, 60 books, um, just how much work goes into the original manuscript, the editing, um, the amount of work that goes into coming out with new editions all the time and, and constantly keeping up with Apple's changes with, to their software. Um, you know, I've recommended other take control books more often than I recommended my own, not because I don't like my own. I'm, I'm thrilled by how the take control editing process made my book far better than my than my initial conception of it was. I mean, the the template that came out, the style guy, my work with Joe, um, all contributed to making the book far better than I could have done on my own. Uh, but beyond that, I constantly see need for other take control books. In my, you know, I'm an IT consultant, so I recommend these books all the time to people who need a crash course and aren't the kind of people who are going to read a thousand page book, but a two hundred page book is perfect for them. Um, so my, my, I salute my hats off to all of the rest of you, um, just for the incredible quality, uh, that, that, and, and I know how much work it is that goes into making these books as consistently excellent as they are. Um, and I say that I, I don't think Joe's going to toot his own horn quite as loudly as I just did, but as the guy who's only <laughs> written one take control book, I feel like I can say this to the rest of you, uh, without, you know, feeling like I'm patting myself on the back. The Take Control Authors Reunion was so much fun, and the conversation was so good and so enlightening that we let it go for yet another show. So this group will be back next time on Mac Voices to finish up all the discussions about ebook publishing over the years, how things have changed, and what Take Control Books meant to them. Meanwhile, I want to remind you, TakeControlBooks.com is having a 20th anniversary sale. That means that every title in their library is only $5. They are taking it back to the original pricing of the, the Take Control Books. So, visit TakeControlBooks.com, pick out your favorites, pick up all the ones you've been thinking about or wondering about, and add them to your library for only $5 each. TakeControlBooks.com I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.